Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I am joined by no one. Uh, Sarah is out tonight. Gene is experiencing some technical difficulties. So I'm sure he will join the show anytime now. So uh, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, uh, please jump in with the conversation and uh, help me keep this boat afloat for at least a little while. It's Thanksgiving week, um, so we had planned a show around uh, what we are thankful for uh, in Philadelphia sports currently, uh, and, and we'll go through each of the four teams, or maybe just I will go through each of the four teams uh, and talk about uh, what what we're thankful for, and I am thankful that Gene has regained connectivity. Gene, what's up, man? Well, I feel like I'm uh, staring down. Let me let me let, me, let me go. Yeah, let me go vertical. Okay, you want to uh, go vertical? All right, we go vertical. Yeah, we'll do we'll do that. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> Comedy. All right, Gene's, Gene's going all right, dark. All right. I'm good. No, I, I should be back now. I'm good. I'm good. Gene, I wanted to start the show um, talking about your weekend. My weekend? All right. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about my weekend. Yeah, yeah. You went to your first union game. I did. I did. First ever. You've yeah. never been to uh, Subaru Park ever. No, no. And I, I wasn't at, at the uh, the link or wherever they played before they moved to Chester. Um, and I have to say, it was a great experience. It's actually... Uh, the first uh, non-Citizens Bank stadium experience I've had since, like, 2019. Okay, so you went to a – I mean, like, you didn't go to just any game. You went to a, you went to a playoff game. I went, went to, to a round playoff one. game. Round one. Round one. Fight! Against the Red Bulls. Against the Red Bulls, yeah. I have to say, I was um, – you know, there was so much to experience because I hadn't been – you know – the only other live professional soccer games I had been to have all been exhibition matches. So there was not really any sort of intensity. There were also European teams playing in the States. So, you know, it was a lot of people that don't quite, it's hard to get the same blood up about a team in an exhibition season than it would be um, in a team, you know, like uh, that you have a rooting interest in. Um, so, um so tell me, like, all right, so you, you watch uh, 90 minutes of regular time with no mm -hmm. scoring. Then you get to the first 15-minute overtime half, no scoring. And we're basically in penalty time in the, the second uh, overtime half. Uh, and we're about to go to penalty kicks. Like, what – like what was the mood of the crowd? Was was everyone tense? Was they still optimistic? Was were the sons of Ben still like beating the drums? Was was or was everyone just like this is this ridiculous? Well, I'll tell you, I have two. There's only two complaints I have about the entire experience. One is uh, they they continue to run the clock, or they don't continue to run the clock at the end of halves or at the end of the game at Subaru Park. I don't know if you've ever been there, ever noticed. Oh, so that, it just stops at 90 and then they don't. It stops at 45 or stops at 90. So, thankfully, the guy I was with, uh, he's a season ticket holder, longtime season ticket holder. I think he's had them for, I think he told me he's had them for six years or seven years. 
And, um, you know, he's worked his way up through this, through the, uh, through the season ticket holder ranks. So he's actually a club member. So that gave us access to, um, a couple of perks. You could, we could go into like the club level and you can go there, you know, before or after the game, you can go there during the game. Is that uh, like you can hall of fame, hall of fame level at, mm -hmm. at citizens bank? Very similar. And you have your own private, like there's a, uh, a concession stand in there. There is uh, a beer line. And then there's a balcony. And you get uh, toilet seats without piss all over them. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you okay, do. Good. Um, so, you know, you, you do get some, some, some real perks. There's also a balcony that comes off of that club level, which yeah. is directly opposite of the Sons of Ben section. So, like, where, where I was standing. Oh, so you guys um, were behind the goal. So, uh, just to back up... So just to back up for a second, we had seats in section like 106, which are just slightly to the, uh, basically right behind the uh, union bench, right behind Jim Curtin. So slightly to the right of half. You, you were behind um, the curtain? Yeah, behind the curtain. Uh, one of my favorite chants was bring back the suit because Jim Curtin now wears uh, track suits uh, instead of uh, like actual business suits. Okay. Um, he's, uh, much, he's become much more comfortable now, I guess. Pay no attention to that gene behind the curtain. <laughs> so uh, another cool thing about our section. So we were in 106, 107 was Wall of Famer or Ring of Honor member uh, Latou. He was sitting just oh. a section over from us. Um, cool. He cool. he basically uh, walked right past me, uh, I guess, on his way to get a beer. So nice. um, it was uh, nice. pretty exciting to get to get to see uh like a legit union celebrity um yeah so that's where we watched 90 uh the 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 90 minutes of the game and then we Gee. watched the first half of overtime and How then was the we crowd? just the crowd was I... I, I it's hard for me to judge because i had never seen one but i will tell you um uh, from what james told me he was who i was with he said it was the best crowd that had been there all year and um even the the Red Bull supporters were like in full throat. Uh, the Sons of Ben had the drums going. They had the chants going. Um, yeah, it was a great. It was a great atmosphere. It was a I great was crowd. afraid. I was afraid we were getting through the whole game and you weren't going to get a chance to dupe. Uh, yeah, no, we were worried. We were definitely worried. We thought that there was going to go to penalty kicks and nobody really wanted that because uh, from everything that I understand, you know, this would have been a sort of a letdown. The Union is the two seed going into the tournament. The Red Bulls, yeah. uh, we know the Union have had their number pretty much all year. Uh, and really, honestly, for the most, I'd say for three quarters of the of regular time, the Union had the run of play. Um, but as some of the Union starters really started to show fatigue late in the second half, you yeah. could sort of see the Red Bulls uh, pick up the pace. And, you know, there was a couple of really good chances late in the second half um, that almost... Yes almost put them uh put them ahead so obviously you don't want to go to penalty kicks because and maybe this is just the flyers fan in me because um you know i just am I'm tortured by the idea of having to decide a playoff game on penalty kicks um but uh thankfully it didn't get there um yeah. so we well, won we... won the blake the andre blake save was basically point blank yeah how he saved that i have no idea He's outstanding, is what it is. <laughs> the post, yeah. uh, the shot, the shot that hit the post yeah. uh, for the Red Bulls, um, really. I mean, that that could have just 
I mean, that changed the whole complexity of the mm-hmm. game. And then the Glesnes goal, right? Uh, which was just incredible because, you know, it's it's off the his chest. He controls it. It, it hits the ground. It bounces. He picks it in the air and uh, just drops it in uh, beautifully. And it, it's it's such a wild game because I watched the entire game with my sons. And uh, at that point, my youngest son has wandered off. He's looking at an iPad. My oldest son has lost interest. He's looking at his phone. You know, my wife was doing, you know, whatever. And then it ha- and then it ha- like lightning strikes. It happens. Right. And that's the thing about soccer. It's just like you cannot. You can't look can away. You into a false sense of security and then bang, like something incredible happens. And if you blink, you miss it. So we, uh, you know, I didn't know a lot about this incarnation of the union team. I'll, I'll admit that I was uh, a bit um, underprepared when I was going in, but I will say that I felt like I was like 10 again, being at my first Eagles game. There were, you know, uh, aside from just my friend who was a season ticket holder and a rabid union fan, um, he had a great group that he tailgated with that we met up with and they were super fun to hang out with before the game. And then when we got seated, um, a couple of guys sat down next to us and just loved talking, you know, every nuance of the game. We talked about formations. We talked about substitution strategy. And a lot of the things we talked about was that Glesnus is a guy that will shoot basically from anywhere. He has, yeah. I think, two goals this season that were basically from half. Uh, yeah. And not, yeah, his goals are not, wild. These were not um, like uh, uh, free kicks. These were run-of-play goals basically scored from half. Not chip the goalie shots on goal from the circle yeah. that he this guy has put away. One of them is probably going to be goal of the year for MLS. But um, so with that in mind, we decided just to sort of get feeling back in our uh, fingers and toes, we would go up sort of between the first intermission of um, the extra time and um, the second intermission in extra time. So we're at like minute 105. We wander up to the club, get ourselves situated, get ourselves rebeard, and back out into the uh, onto the overhang that is directly facing the goal where uh, the 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 game winning goal would be scored. So we're looking straight down uh, at where the Suns of Ben are, and uh, interestingly enough, on that club level, I think that's a lot of players' families and players' wives. Um, there was a lot of different tongues, uh, different languages being spoken up on the, uh, uh, up on that, you know, and the union MLS in general, but the union specifically is a very um, international squad. So you had a lot of like Eastern European languages being spoken. Uh, You had some uh, Jamaican being spoken. So Gene got a lot of tongue at the union game behind the curtain. I think that, I think that that's going to be the time. Sounds like a sounds like a successful night. So we play the winner of Nashville Orlando on the twenty eighth. So what's that Mm -hmm. Sunday? Yeah, and I I don't know what the game time has been announced. uh, It's at five thirty, and Nashville and Orlando are one one at the uh, the sixty minute mark. So we will keep you posted as that game goes on tonight. Um, and uh, another thing I want to talk about before we get into the Eagles and like a little bit of our. Thanksgiving. We got to talk about Bryce Harper. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't just, think we did that justice uh, last week because we didn't. Because we didn't the last show. show we had. Well, the last show we had, we we were sort of waiting to hear if yeah if it yeah. was going to be sort of new, but uh, kind of a weird thing. Like I I I I don't know that <laughs> I maybe I'm getting soft or something, but this like him winning the MVP, I kind of got a little emotional about it. Uh, I, I don't yeah, know why. I, I sort of, I think, I, I think I have a, a similar feeling because, um, you know, there was a, so much anticipation in him coming to the Phillies. We were so invested in him sort of embracing us as a fandom. And I think that from the war, you know, from the jump, he has tried to sort of, you know, pull us in as a fan base into his sort of orbit. Um, partly in the way he dresses, partly in just how he interacts with fans, partly in the way he presents himself on social media. There hasn't been any evidence to me that suggests that he is unhappy with the decision that he made. I mean, it's hard to be unhappy with that contract, but I think he really does genuinely, especially after, you know, you can only keep this up for so long if there isn't something sincere about it. Uh, I think we've all seen enough players come through Philadelphia to know, especially baseball players, to know that if they're not feeling it, because it's a long season, it's a grind, and you're talking, you know, he's been, this was his third year. If he wasn't feeling it, you would be able to tell that he was not happy in Philadelphia. And from everything that I can tell, he loves being a Philly once wants to complete his career here, wants to be known as a Philly. And I think that we are, we're all sort of disappointed in how the season ended. I think that we all got sucked in several times over the course of last year to think that, you know, we are going to maybe be a playoff team. It's, you know, playoff baseball is going to be back. This team is going to be, you know, it was right there in August. It looked like all the signs were pointing towards this is a team that's going to make the playoffs. And when they didn't, um, I think that we all were sort of hoping that at least, I mean, Bryce Harper basically put them on his back around the end of July and uh, put together an offensive campaign that was incredible. I, I mean, I don't know if we've ever seen a better offensive year by a Phillies player probably since like Mike Smith's MVP year. Uh, or maybe Ryan Howard's seven Ryan Howard year was pretty wild. Yeah, I mean that was seven. pretty spectacular too. But uh, you know, there's just certain uh, other things I think that um, Bryce Harper also brings you. Yeah, I think, and you you know, I, we could debate this for a second here, but I I think Bryce Harper is the the embodiment, the, the one man embodiment of Philly sports right now. November 23rd, 2001, he is peak Philly sports. And, you know, you, you could have a conversation about maybe Joel Embiid. Um, and Sarah's not on the show tonight, so I can say that I don't think this, this crown can ever be held by a flyer. It just doesn't. I feel like it's impossible. It's just it's either got to be know. a six I think or there Philly was, or I think Eagle. there was a time where Eric Lindros might have been able to wear the crown. Well... <sighs> So give me the give me the years for that late nineties. Right, yeah, right around when they made that cup run against the Red Wings, the Flyers were sort of. I mean, the Eagles were not good. 
The Phillies were yeah, But we had dreadful. AI. Did, did we have AI at that time? Yeah, but AI really didn't come into his own until like 99, 2000. And, and this is 97. This would have been very early AI. I think before you really knew that he was going to be the Hall of Fame guy that he would become by the year 2000, by 99. Um, I think that like that 96, 97 era, uh, you know, I'm just... I would I would argue maybe. that that would have been and, maybe. and maybe in the seventies Bobby Clark could have worn the crown, but he would have had a lot of competition then. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I just have a hard time, like, because I know that w there would be like, well, what about Claude Giroux? You know, and I just mm. don't think that that's part I think, of the conversation. I, I don't think Claude Giroux ever would have. You know, his whole career has been sort of overshadowed by truly mega Philadelphia iconic players. Yeah, it's just I I don't know I don't know when they announced like oh, did you watch the announcement by the way I did mm -hmm. with Mike Schmidt yeah so first off Mike Schmidt is wearing this like bedazzled Phillies jersey right yeah. like it almost looked like um it looked like something you would pick up at Michaels <laughs> or something you would make after a trip to Michaels right <laughs> and uh, is this like the most awkward announcement ever it was like oh well i'm gonna uh, what well, i think a lot of philly fans are gonna be happy with this announcement so it's like okay so it's bryce harper and he's like so right. i'm just going to announce it and then he brings up this like uh champagne glass like he's uh like he's a ladies man on this is bryce harper and it was just like I don't know if the hosts works. It was the worst. It. it was it very anticlimactic. Yeah, it was the worst kept secret in baseball. Once and it was they, like, uh, okay, I, so he won. Once yeah. they announced, yeah, once they announced that Mike Schmidt was going to make the announcement, I feel like that was. I, I mean, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion as far as I yeah, was concerned. But uh, I, I'll tell you, I'm a little surprised. And Mike Schmidt is sort of the, I guess, the Phillies ambassador for these sorts of things at the moment. Um, I don't know if he's the best choice, which is probably a sort of a hot take, but, um, I really am surprised that it wasn't Jimmy Rollins. He was the last Philadelphia MVP. I think that they would have been able to sort of mask what they were trying to do when you have a guy like Jimmy Rollins do it because they, he did play similar positions to some of the other guys on the ballot. Um, I honestly don't remember, and maybe it's just because it's been a long time since the Phillies have had an MVP. I don't remember there ever being any sort of uh, announcement about who was going to announce the MVP before. I don't. Yeah, I weird. don't know. I couldn't tell you who announced Ryan Howard's MVP award. I couldn't tell you who announced Jimmy. Well, Rollins I don't know that MVP it was a award. show at the, like. Was it a program at that time? I, I, I feel like if it was I, a show. We would have watched it. Yeah, and I feel like I, I just heard on the radio or saw it on the crawler on on ESPN. Like I yeah. Every yeah. other MVP announcement in the history of the world. So uh, maybe this is a new thing. Uh, I would say that if I was the programmer or I, if I was a booking agent on that show um, and I had any concept of how current Phillies media is right now, I think I would have gone with either John Cruck or Jimmy Rollins as far as a guy who was going to give you the right show for what you were looking for. But, hey, they got Michael Jack. You're not going to have any, and nobody's going to complain about putting Schmidt up there. I just, I, I just think that Mike Schmidt was always is always going to be a better third baseman than he is anything else he ever does. 
What did you think of uh, Jim Salisbury's uh, MVP, MVP ballot? Did you see that? Uh, I, I saw it, and I, th- I think I saw that he did have Bryce first, but then yeah, yeah, I guess so, there was some other controversial picks. Yeah, so Salisbury honest. is you know, definitely a homer, right? Like He's a Philly guy. He's Philly mm-hmm. affiliation. So he, he votes Harper first and Soto seventh. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, his ballot is Harper, Turner, Goldschmidt, Riley, Crawford. Really, Riley? Yeah, Austin Riley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brandon Crawford, then Tatis, sixth, and Soto, seventh. Wow. Uh, I don't know how it's not you don't go Harper, Soto, I mean, then everybody else, basically. Yeah, uh, I, Goldschmidt is interesting. I think Goldschmidt did have a pretty solid year, but he he did, and I actually don't even mind the Austin Riley vote being up so high. But to to put Soto seventh is just you're just, just trying seems, to sandbag seems, the competition. Right. That just seems just vacant, like dirty yeah. pool. Not yeah. really a huge fan of that. But yeah. anyway, congratulations, Bryce Harper. Super happy, looking really sharp in the in the red suit and the well, shaved my, head. My favorite piece of trivia was that uh, Bryce Harper is the first under 30 year old major leaguer to win two MVPs with two different franchises since you remember who the other guy was he's got a very large head Barry Bonds Pittsburgh and San Francisco um so yeah so Bryce Harper in um what could be Hall of Fame uh company if Barry Bonds finally gets in here on his last ballot I know that um you and I don't think that it's going to happen um, no, but he, he is in his final year on the ballot. Uh, hey, so we got a lot of buddies on the ballot this year, man. It really does feel like some Phillies connection should get in this year, and definitely, definitely. I mean, Rollins and and, and Howard are both on there. I, I, I don't think Howard's gonna make it, but I think Rollins has a chance. I think Probably Rollins not has first a really ballot, good chance. But... And, and see, the thing is, I think now seeing that ballot this year was like, wow, you know, Jimmy Rollins does have sort of that same cachet as some of these other guys. He certainly, it's not like it's, he's outclassed or doesn't belong here. Um, you, he's the all-time hit leader for an organization that's like 120 years old. Right, right. <laughs> and and is, has 10,000 losses. You, you got to be around a long time to get many that many losses. Yeah. And he plays a premium position with great offensive numbers where yeah. the, most of the guys that are Stellar yeah. at the, you know, for as good as he was, and he's a got defender. an MVP, and he's mm-hmm. and he's got a World and he series. won it, right, and he won a title. But outside of that, we have Scott Rowland is on there. Mm-hmm. He will get in, I think. Yeah, it, again, he's a guy. He's got he's got some some good personal awards. He's got a lot of uh, gold gloves. He's got a lot yeah. of silver sluggers. Yeah. Schilling's got, on his last year, and I think Schilling's going to get in, and it'll be interesting to see how he, how he reacts. Well, I, last year got he got very I, close. I'm personally rooting for it because I want to see what Schilling does when, when he's let in. <laughs> he got very close last year. Probably got kept out because of some of his, you know, political statements. And then after he didn't get in, said, you know, it just take me off the ballot. Which but unfortunately do. we we don't think that's how it works. That's not a thing that happens apparently. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, I mean, I wonder what happens if he gets voted in. Will he just? Although, although baseball writers can be. Well, he asked Donald very... Trump what, what he should do. Ugh. Baseball writers can be very bitter and hold a grudge, and uh, some That's of these guys too. may just be like, "Hey, you don't want to be in? Fine, you don't have to go in." Um, yeah. But I think there might be enough of the guys that vote strictly down the line with, 
the hall should have the people that the hall should have. Um, and Schilling doesn't have any of those black marks like Clemens does. You know, you know, Schilling's got some weird, offbeat, off-color political views. He's sort of a a guy that you you want to muzzle sometimes, but he didn't gamble on baseball. He didn't juice that we know of. Um, you know, there are certainly worse people in the Hall of Fame than Kurt Schilling. Yeah, there's a lot of guys on that ballot that are like, yeah, that's my early twenties. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> yeah. In a nutshell. That's my early 20s all-star game like <laughs> viewing, basically. Yeah, did we mention Bobby Abreu's up there? Yeah, Bobby Abreu. Uh yeah, yeah. A lot of good lot, you know, Todd Helton, you know, a lot of a lot of good solid players from the early aughts. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how it how it shakes out. Um, you know, it's interesting now to start to see these guys who are you know, pretty soon we're going to start to see guys going to the Hall of Fame that are our age, which is going to be sort of a sort of a mind trip, um, you know, that we would be at an age that we could be in a Hall of Fame if we had any <laughs> semblance of physical prowess. Um, but yeah, so we're too so, late, Gene. You'll get in a Hall of Fame of something. Yeah. <laughs> Hall of Fame of podcasting. Maybe, maybe. Never know. Um, all right. So let's uh, that's enough uh, pre-show talk. Let's start the show. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Curtain. What do you think, Gene? Let's start the show. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, okay. I thought maybe you were going to actually play the, play the song. <laughs> vamp, Dave, vamp, play the theme song. Uh, Eagles this week at home against the Saints. Laying, the, laying the, the lumber on the Saints. Taking care of business at home. Putting the smack down. No doubt about it, Win. Let the foot so, off the gas a little bit in the second half, but you know, yeah, they're I mean, not an elite the, team, but they sealed the deal. This is uh, this was a Saints team that came in the best run defense in the NFL. You know, that's not yeah. that's not nothing. Um, and uh, instead of trying to get cute and overthink it, the Eagles have done what they've been doing the best of any NFL team in the last month or so. Uh, they they ran it down their throats. They they gave them a solid dose of. Jordan Howard until he went out and and then they continue to to run with uh with 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 Miles Sanders and Boston Scott got a lot of carries um you know so I guess here is my I don't want to call this a you know a and Jalen Hurts right I mean like no, no, let's, Jalen not, Hurts. let's not yeah, neglect yeah. our leading rusher yeah who also had three rushing touchdowns I think on the day yeah. um but I, I think that it all feeds uh, to, to the what is my main point is um, I am willing to completely throw myself onto this Eagles bandwagon as long as this is the Eagles team I continue to see. Um, I don't want to see a team where they throw where they run the ball less than five times ever again, uh, and certainly not this <laughs> less season. Than five. They did. They had a game this year. I know. They, I, they I, had, I know. They it's had just less a, than five running plays. I don't want to see is, you run less than five times. It's like, okay. They have, this is the thing that's crazy. They have a game on their schedule where they called less than five running plays in I an know. NFL game. I, they are still the leading rushing team in the NFL. How does Gene, that happen? Well, some of those were run pass options. You know, you gotta... Right, 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 right. <laughs> but, I mean, this is this is the, the thing. And the other, the other thing that's been really fun to watch sort of in the – uh, in the postmortem of uh, of this win against the Saints is 
Uh, just go and look at some of the highlights of our offensive linemen. My God, <laughs> I have never rewatched uh, a block from a center as much as I watched that one. Kelsey uh, comes around uh, the guard uh, on this play. Uh, I think it was sometime in the third quarter where he goes to trying to get his the linebacker he's designed to block blows up two like uh, uh, you know two other guys on his way there. It's it's just an incredible thing to watch. Nobody, you know, really nobody blocks like that guy does. Jason Kelsey is in a league all his own the way. So that my guy plays son him. and I, there was one play where Mylotta was he he blocked his guy and then cast him aside and then with one hand uh like hit a hit a guy on the shoulder and that guy went flying down. Mm-hmm. And we just rewatched that three or four times, and I'm just like, man, I don't know. My, my lot of if you got to get a jersey, <laughs> my lot of uh, might be a good one. He's gonna be here for a while. And if you got I mean, if you got the shoulders to carry a my lot of, yeah, you know, I feel like you, I feel may like you should do get it. you should get one for you and both your sons. You can all wear it together, and maybe yeah, I could... have to like hold them on my shoulders. <laughs> just, uh, they could each stick their heads out of uh, out of the um, out of the armholes. And then you could go and get but into movies for cheap. It's fun to watch. And again, you know, my son goes, oh, why don't they throw the ball? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, ah, it's like, you know, it's boring to watch this running because it's not, you know, mm. like a Madden, I just throw it. I'm just like, oh, man, you have so much to learn about football. It is so demoralizing to play against the NFL's leading rushing team. It's like the clock just ticks and ticks and ticks and you don't have the ball. And we are moving, we are marching down the field incrementally. And you look up at the clock and it ticks and it ticks and it ticks. And you're getting hit and hit and hit. And these guys are just ripping off seven, eight. There was, I think there was four plays in a row where they ran Jordan Howard just right, right up the gut. Right. And he got like at six least seven play. yards on each one yeah. of those. It was crazy. Uh, it, it's like. What I always uh, amounted to is like trying to play. It's like you're playing Texas Hold'em, and you're willing to play with your hand up every time and still win. They know what you're going to do. They know how you're going to bet. They know you're going to, you know, you're going to run it right up your gut, and they still can't stop you. Yeah, it's 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 been it's really, only a matter. Really are you going to get the thunder or are you going to get the lightning? Well, and the other thing is, it makes George, uh It makes uh, it makes um, hurts so much better. Because I don't think that he is a pass-first quarterback. Nope. You know, I don't think that he is going to just throw it all over the field. He's not a guy that you want throwing the ball 50 times a game. He can hit. He can throw it. He can do all of the, the things that you need to do. But I think that you are not utilizing sort of the intangible advantages that he brings to you. The has made Hurts uh, 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 elite level. Over mm-hmm. the last five weeks, his accuracy numbers are up. He has the best quarterback rating over the last four weeks in the NFL. Best quarterback yep. rating in the NFL over the yep. last four weeks. And he, you have to give credit to the coaching staff mm-hmm. that continues to stick with this game plan. Yes, you may say, like, okay, well, it's obvious. It's the only thing you can do. So just keep doing it. But, you know, there's that that concept has eluded coaches in the past in this yeah. town. Yeah. Just uh, ask Doug Peterson. 
<laughs> yeah, when you have you have this this um, you have these weapons at your disposal, you have to use them. And you know, it's making Hurts better. It's making Devontae Smith better. The defense is being put in much better positions than constant three and out, get back on the field. Well, we're doing to the other team what they were doing to us. We are leaving their defense on the field, and we're doing it early in games so that when you get to the third and fourth quarter, you're coming up against a defense that's already taken a ton of body shots. That's where you can open yourself up for some big plays. You can open yourself up for big plays on the ground because the Eagles run a rotation of four quality running backs that can all beat you in different ways. And, and I think that in the past there were a lot of guys that were – a lot of coaches that were afraid certainly early in seasons, well, we don't want to overtax our running back. You know, we don't want – you know, we want him to be available later in the year. That, that's bunko. You know, if you've got the offensive line that the Eagles have and have, you know, had for years, taking last yeah. year out, for example, sure. um, you should have been pounding the rock for a decade. We should, we should have been basically known as – uh, a running team, but you know, we've got an owner that loves to throw the ball much like your son. Um, but you know, the Eagles, I think have become a much more entertaining team to watch. Uh, they are in a position because of the way the schedule is, is laid out. And this is going to happen. You were going to have, if you're going to have a, a schedule that was as front loaded with difficult games in the beginning of the year, you were going to have to have a, a bit of a, swing in the other direction so all these people that are like oh well they're just beating up on bad teams also they were hanging in there against teams that were pretty good you know they weren't getting the 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 doors blown off of them all year that was one of the reasons why we were so frustrated because we could see that they had potential to win against uh kansas city uh they they could have beaten san francisco uh they did not have a great game against las vegas but um, you know, I would like to see that game again with the way Vegas has sort of been uh, mincemeated over the last couple of weeks with their with their own internal stuff. Um, the Eagles are catching uh, the Giants at a great time because guess what? Uh, they just let go of Jason Garrett today. Uh, did you see that? Um, yeah. Talk about a team that is uh, imploding or are suffering from self-imposed wounds. Um, the Giants, man, they are – that game against Tampa was ugly. So, so long, farewell, Jason Garrett. I was kind of hoping that they would keep him through the end of the year. The guy has no clue how to call an offensive game. Um, but we'll see. Maybe one of his assistants has figured something out, how to use Daniel Jones or something. So, But, yeah, I think the Eagles are going to be a playoff team. Uh, I would not want to draw them in the first round. Um you know, this is a team that, other than this week, have all their wins on the road. So it's a team that's not afraid to play in other people's stadiums. Um, so you know, fly Eagles, fly! It's been a it's been a great couple of weeks. I'm super excited for Sunday. Yeah. Um. What, what do we got? We got Giants, Jets. Bye. Redskins, Giants, Cowboys. Right. That's it. That's yep. the schedule. That's what's left. Yep. Oh, what do we got going on in the room there, Gene? You got your office. Sorry. All right. Yeah, this is my office. <laughs> I, uh, I'm turning on my computer. As... <laughs> I'm turning this on my computer because happens. I'm worried that uh, my phone's going to die, so I don't want to lose you. All right. Well, it's fine. I can bring us. I'll bring us home. Don't worry. If it dies, 
It dies. It dies. Uh, yeah. So what, uh, what, what, so I basically monopolized that whole part of the conversation. What is you? What do you think about the Eagles? Uh, um, they're fine. I, here's the, <laughs> like here, here's the thing. I want them to actualize their potential this season. Uh, it, this is not a year where I'm like, oh, let's tank the last game and you know see what happens. Yeah, I don't get. I don't want to. I don't want to wait. Am I impatient because I want a playoff well, game? It's not about year? waiting. Like they're not going to win the Super Bowl, so like don't you know what are you what are you waiting for? But I think it'll be good for the team. It'll be good for Jalen Hurts. It'll be good for Nick Sirianni for them to make the playoffs. And if they can get mm-hmm. in as a wild card team, let's do it. You know, whatever. We got three first round picks. They're getting those picks are getting worse, by the way, every week. I know, <laughs> but I know. Um, which is why there's thinking, no reason uh, to tank. You know what I mean? Hey, three first round. Yeah, picks but I mean, two of them are going to be good. Picks. One of them is going to be good, right? A good pick. It's not going to be top three mm-hmm. anymore. Maybe not, but um, yeah, you know, it looks like the the Wentz pick's going to convey. So you know, don't don't sweat that too much now, and let's just. Do your best. <laughs> Do your best. And if you get in the playoffs, awesome. Like round one of the playoffs, if the Eagles aren't in, you're going to wish they were in. And we're going to go into a game as an underdog, which is no no surprise to us. And we're going to roll the dice and see what happens. And shit, maybe we could shock somebody. And how exciting would that be? You know, when you're walking into a season going like, oh, right. are they over or under six wins? Like, I don't know, even though this podcast said all along they're an over six win team. Um, and it turns into a, a yeah, and a I think that that's very season. Apparent. I mean, like, you can't be angry with that. Mm-hmm. And even if they don't make the playoffs, they make it interesting. Last no, especially game. Like considering if, if the Dallas game means something. Whoa, that's that's you know, you would have taken that at the beginning of the year. All right, so let me into the let me in versus B. Oh my gosh, we got double jeans. All right, let's see, let's see what happens here. So yeah, I mean, so the Eagles, it's exciting. Let's ride it out, see what happens. I'm optimistic. I'm happy the coaching staff is sticking with a game plan that makes sense, has led to success, is leading to wins. I've, I'm happy for the offensive line. It'll be interesting if they get uh, Brooks back um, and and that, that offensive line healthy again and, and to see what they can do all together. Um, so that'll, yeah, that'll be great. I don't think Gene's coming back. Um, <laughs> this is, this is quite a, quite a show today. Uh so I guess we'll move into um, we'll move into the the Thanksgiving portion of the show. So I would be thankful for uh, some sort of technical stability on this show, but that doesn't appear like that's going to happen. So uh, let's go into what I'm thankful for uh, from the four the four Philly sports teams, uh, and I want to start off talking about the Flyers. And what I'm thankful for uh, with the Flyers. And I have had a contentious relationship with the Flyers over the years. They are sort of a maddening organization um, uh, that has had sort of tricky uh, tricky relationships with their fan base, uh, with the media. Um, but one thing when I think of the Flyers 
and they're um hi gene you're back oh that's frustrating but that's i'm okay. back that's okay we're doing we're on to the thankful portion of the uh of the show where we bring it home in these last 15 minutes and oh I, good I'm starting to talk about what I'm thankful for uh, about the Flyers. And I got to say, the thing that I'm most thankful for about the Flyers is their uniform logo situation. It has remained constant the entire history of the team. It's changed, you know, tweaks here and there. Uh, Color hues have, have been adjusted. But that logo is... So it's steady, it's iconic, and it stands the test of time. I I just I love it. I hope they never ever ever change it. When you look about, when you look back on the other teams, they have all gone through some uh, trends and fads, uh, and have tried you know a lot of different things over the years. But the Flyers have always remained constant with the the puck with wings uh, and the black, orange, and white. And it's just, I mean, it's chef's kiss it's just a perfect uh it's a perfect hockey logo and uh, i hope they never change it yeah i mean i think it's right up there with sort of the other icons of american sports there's the yankees there's you know that's a uniform that's gone through almost no changes there's the pittsburgh steelers that's a uniform that's gone through almost no no changes um browns yeah there aren't there aren't very many the cleveland browns the uh, maybe the Chicago Bulls in basketball. Basketball is weird because they do those like city logos and stuff. But essentially, you know, the Bulls are pretty pretty much just, and the Lakers too are pretty much yeah, the Lakers, Celtics, maybe and maybe the, the Celtics part. too. They're they, you know they're always going to be some variation on on their their main themes. Um, but yeah, no, and the Flyers, I, I I can't think of maybe other other than the Flyers, Canadians, and the Bruins, maybe in hockey. Are the other are the other two teams that are pretty pretty consistent, and I guess and the and the Maple Leafs and the Maple Leafs, because um, even the Rangers yeah. sort of went with a, a darker blue and they changed the Probably, sort yeah. of statue. Most of, Liberty, of the Canadian yogurt. teams, I'm, I'm I'm sure like the the Habs, uh, their their uniforms been pretty. Yeah, but I mean, like Vancouver's gone through some pretty major changes. Yeah. yeah um, yeah, and even like I'm thinking of the original six. I guess Detroit also another one that's pretty iconic. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean it's nice that there is a team in Philadelphia that is right up there with, you know, why change it? It's one of those things where there's a a, a slight little bit of frustration being a Flyers fan because you'd love some super really cool alternate throwback uniforms, but honestly, to throw it back, it's not all that different. You know, right, right, right. <laughs> Gene, do you have a Flyers thankful thing, or do you want to just take a go to another team? Uh, I'd like to say that uh, that I'm thankful for. Uh, I'm thankful that they didn't fire Elaine Villa. Um, I'm thankful that they gave him. Uh, I think that there was a lot of people. I don't know if it was necessarily calling for his head after last year, but I think that there certainly would have been a case to be made to let him go after last year, and I'm. You know, it's not uncommon to have a short hook with coaches in hockey. It's one of the ways that organizations sort of try and 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 turn a corner or try to gain some sort of an advantage. But I, I'm really happy with the fact that the Flyers organizations didn't pull the plug on the Elaine Vigneault era. I, I like him. I like the culture that he sort of developed 
within the organization at the moment. He sort of restabilized things after Dave Hackstall. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm happy. For, uh, I'm thankful for Elaine Vigneault. Okay. I, I like think we Elaine might be. Vigneault. He's got a cool. He's just he's cool. Got a cool vibe. Yeah. He, he's, you know, I don't know if he's as cool as Peter Laviolette, but, you know, they have, they give off that same sort of air of confidence to me, which I love to have it at the front of my, my team. I like it because it's like a smugness. I, I mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> All right. What, what team do you want to go to next? Uh, I, I think the Sixers, and I have a, I, I have an idea that we might be thankful for the same thing with the Sixers. Oh, go for it. I, I uh, don't know that I have anything prepared, so. I am thankful Doing for Tyrese Maxey. Um, <laughs> I am thankful to have what is clearly okay. looking like a legit point guard. Uh, if you look at sort of his numbers, even though um, the Sixers as a team are not winning the way that they sort of were uh, at the beginning of the season, they have some real serious COVID injury issues. But uh, if you're looking yeah. for a bright spot, uh, just look at the statistics that Tyrese Maxey is putting up. And I will tell you, the one that really stuck out with me today was I think over the last three games or four games, he's only had two turnovers. That is, that is elite level. That is exactly what you sort of need from a point guard. He's, he's averaging 24, 25 points a game, and he's only turning the ball over twice in four games. That's The guy is, he is more than I possibly expected coming in from where he was drafted, and I am so, thank, so thankful that they did not just trade him off last year uh, at the trade deadline deadline for you know whoever they were talking about uh for James Harden or whoever they were talking about pulling in so uh that's what I'm thankful for with the Sixers that's a good one uh yeah he 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 definitely I, like how he fell to us is just uh, I don't understand it it's incredible it's great I'm super happy about it it's awesome um, I'm thankful for Charles Barkley. Really? Uh, he, I mean, he's a, I, I know Ben Simmons is the treasure, but, um, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like Barkley really is just like a, an NBA treasure, not only from his playing career, but through his media career, through his, uh, persona and his personality. He's just like one of those, um, media types that look in philadelphia we complain all the time about non-philly people in the booth or at the desk and we got to listen every sunday you know michael irvin on espn we got to listen to troy aikman on fox uh we got to look at jimmy johnson all the time on these things but we you know we're fortunate enough to have sir charles when it comes to the NBA on TNT every night. Yeah. And, uh, and I think he, you know, respects the Sixers. He puts the Sixers in a, a positive light most of the time. And uh, I'm happy to see him in the forefront. And like, as a look, as much as the, look, w- as much as we say like, Oh, you know, um, Roy Halladay is really a, really a blue Jay or whatever, you know uh, I, I really hope people in Phoenix go Charles Barkley. Great, great son. But, He's really a sixer. So, right. And that's well, the way I, I feel about it. And I, I love that I get to see Charles Barkley. I get to see a sixer on TNT every night at the, at the big desk. And to your, to your counterpoint, you know, I think that very few people love having to deal with, there's a lot of people that hate the Cowboys, 
Uh, not quite as much as me, but they do hate the Cowboys. Um, right. And, you know, there are a lot of fan bases that would rather not have to listen to Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, uh, uh, Moose, you know, right. down there on the D squad. Um, you know, and I'm sure that if Emmett Smith decided that he wanted to stop doing uh, how to how to dye your hair commercials and wanted to, to call a game or two, um, maybe maybe he would get there too. But, you know, I don't think that there's anybody that when they see uh, Bubba Chuck goes, damn, I wish that we could see less Charles Barkley. Um, he right, really AI is Bubba Chuck. Anything. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well... I'm sure that nobody says I don't want to see Sir Charles there you go. or my role model because that was his or, whole thing with the Or the, ra- the round mound of rebounds. The round mound of <laughs> rebound. But, yeah, no, he was never a son. And where did he finish his career? Houston? I don't know. For, like, five I, minutes? I, it's just always it's always Sixers. And it's always a Sixer. Um, I had a picture uh, from uh, a Sports Illustrated that hung in my room for – a decade that was uh, from the finals, the year or the uh, Western Conference Finals, the year the Suns played the uh, the Spurs, and it was Charles Barkley uh, dunking on or shooting over uh, David Robinson, and David Robinson just has this face like I can't believe that this tubby dude is dropping this shot over top of me, um, and it was just always one of my favorite favorite shots that I that I had in my. Uh, my art gallery that nice. was my room. I like it. Uh, let's go to Phillies. What are you thankful for at the Phillies? Or do you want me to go? Uh, why don't you go first since I went first last time? Um, I, 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 to be honest, the thing that I'm most thankful for at the Phillies organization is uh, the tradition of broadcasting. Um, we were fortunate enough to grow up in a, the era of Harry Callis and, and Richie Ashburn. Um, it was just like, they were the goat. It's just like legend. Uh, and it's a tough act to follow. Uh, and it was, I, I thought it was Rocky there, uh, for a few years after the transition. Um, uh, but I'm really loving McCarthy and, and Kruk and what they have going on in the booth. Um, and I, you know, when I listen to games around the league, it's just, it just doesn't have that same level of quality that we have in Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're still, if you still feel, you know, kind of on the fence about McCarthy, I would, you know, I've said it on the show before I urge you to, to get the MLB game pass or whatever they, they call MLB TV and, and just check out other games because it's just not as good. And uh, just go on to MLB network any night of the week when they are sort of going around the league late in those innings. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and you yeah. can and sort they, of they plug hear... in those feeds. And you can sort of hear, and these are all in the big moments of the game, and you can hear how, and really my biggest problem is all of those sound so much the same. It's as if they have no unique personality to them whatsoever. If you listen to a a call from Miami and you listen to the guy from Tampa and you listen to the guy from Anaheim, you can sort of plug and play any of those guys. They have the same pattern, the same rhythm. None of them inject anything sort of the way that the the chemistry between McCarthy and Kruk and whoever else they've gotten in the booth because they really do sort of have 
uh, in a way, a cast of characters that sort of come in and out all season that make it sort of fun to be a Phillies fan all year long. Yeah, and I'll admit, Cruck gets a little weird um, with like calling uh, calling shots, like calling for homers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, you roll with it because he he he's the you know he'll call out the team. Uh, he'll call out players. He'll you know he'll criticize the team, and there's not really much uh, fear of any sort of. Re- and then even I'll even throw like post game show in there mm-hmm. too with Ricky Batalico. Um, mm-hmm. He's really been a uh, a good find uh, for that post game show. Sort of a sort of an overlooked guy from like from the organization. You know, he was an all star. Uh, that you know, in a in an era of just really bad Phillies baseball. Oh um, yeah, but he's really shining on that post game show. I, I love. He really around. does sort of, uh, you know, whatever happens in, in the course of the game, he really is able to sort of emote what I'm feeling, so that I don't have to. Um, you know, I don't have to destroy yeah. something Got in it. my living room because. Ricky Botalico, he's going to do it for me. You know, (laughs) it's sort of like going to one of those uh, gritty uh, mashup rooms, just watching Ricky Bo's blood pressure rise. I mean, it's probably taking years off this man's life for my entertainment, but, you know, thankfully he only has to do it for like a couple hours a day and probably the rest of the time he can spend meditating or doing yoga. Yeah. All right. Gene, you got Phillies one? Uh, Yeah, I do. And, uh, uh, Sort of similar to what what you were going. I'm I'm not going to go necessarily with with the current team, but I will say that the thing I am thankful for, and uh, you know, I was a firm vet kid. You know, I grew up in those hallowed halls. Um, you know, I was I sat in those 700 levels, and um, uh, I'll tell you. Citizens Bank Park is something that I truly, truly am thankful for. Yeah. There is very few, and we, we, you know, you and I together have been in a lot of ballparks. And Citizens Bank Park, no matter where we've gone, it's sort of it's still great to see a game at home. Um, it's a great experience to go to a game at Citizens Bank Park. There really aren't that many bad seats in the entire place. Um, you, you know, it's fun to sit all sorts of different areas and experience the game from all different angles in that ballpark. It's fun just to stand in center field and watch a couple innings just from Ashburn Alley. Uh, it's finally sort of, in in my opinion, now taken on a lot of the character that I loved about the vet. Uh, and it's not, there's something to be said for the fact that they've sort of brought back some relics from the vet. Uh, I love going and seeing that big bell uh, that used yeah. to hang above the vet stadium. Uh, that was one of my favorite things to see when it was up in the, you know, up on the top of the building. And I, I love to go and get my picture taken in front of it. I love, you know, I know I can say to somebody, Hey, you know, I'm going to meet you by the Steve Carlton statue, or I'm going to uh, meet you by the Schmidt uh, statue. And, and, you know, we, it, you, you sort of develop that shorthand. Um, it's just a great place. And now it's even sort of got its own sort of heroes, uh, that have, have, have come and gone. You've got, um, you know, guys like Jimmy Rollins and Chase Utley and 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 Ryan Howard and uh, Cole Hamels. You know, you've got returning heroes that have come and gone from that place, and uh, you're you're in sort of the second or third generation of of great Phillies 
um, that are now have only called Citizens Bank Park home. Even Rollins, Utley, Howard, all of those guys were carryovers. Uh, and and I, I think certainly Rollins and Utley, I think Howard played at the vet. Maybe not. Um, but I know uh, Rollins and Utley both debuted in the vet. No, because you remember that they brought in Tomei right. to kind of open Citizens Bank. Yeah. Kind of blocked Howard for a couple of years. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, but um, you know, I, I think you know when it was first being built, I, I may have had sort of a like, well, it'll never be the vet. Uh, it's starting to get, it's starting to, it's starting, it's certainly coming up uh, on the vet's heels, if not very soon, going to surpass. Uh, well, the we were morons. Good... You know, you want to, yeah. if you want to wax poetic about the vet, you're a moron. Like you just don't want nice things because <laughs> the vet was a dump. It didn't see any. It didn't see many championships. Just the one. You know what? What? What's? The, what do you love about the vet? I mean, there, really, there's very little to love about it now, considering it. It may have literally been shortening careers from some of our favorite players having to play on those yeah. surfaces. Yeah. So total dump. Hard to yeah, love. I don't miss it at all. I don't miss it at all. Uh, and and by the way, you know, Citizens Bank Park is a great place to see a game. And uh, season single game tickets are on sale, and the Angels are coming to town. So if you're interested in that, I would suggest hey, get out Shohei, there and, and Mike play. Trout. Yeah. Yep, you know some great yep. players coming in, for, and yep. and the, the Angels don't come very often. And, it's like once every what, Saturday game. The Saturday game is sold out unless you want to buy a three game plan. So you cannot buy Saturday, but there are still tickets for Friday and Sunday. Um. <clears throat> okay, great. Uh, Eagles. Eagles, uh, and then, you, we're, we're, then we're going you, we're gonna go eat turkey yeah uh thank you for the i i shockingly enough i'm 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 sort of grateful for a lot of uh things about the eagles right now you caught me on a good day um good go ahead uh and I, but i'm gonna i'm gonna go off the uh maybe not off the board but i'm gonna go um certainly because so many whiffs at this position i'm gonna say i am really thankful for Devonte smith he is a player I really enjoy watching. Uh, he uh, was drafted, you know, a first-round draft pick with a wide receiver, and everybody's gone, God damn it, not again. Um, and he's supposed to come in with all these, you know, size issues. and But he really has been sort of as advertised, and I really do think he is going to be a – an eagle for a long time and a star player and a guy that is going to have a lot of highlight catches uh, in that uniform. So I am today most thankful for Devontae Smith. All right. There's a reason I saved this one for last. And it's because this is the one that I'm of all four of them. This is the one that I am absolutely the most thankful for. And it's, it is Eagles fans. There is nothing, nothing in any sport in the United States of America that compares to Eagle fandom. Yeah. From snowballs at Santa Claus to eating horse shit after you win the Super Bowl to the that's fucking bullshit lady that was on Sunday to the Unlike Aguilar guy, <laughs> Eagles fans are out of control. They're a rare breed. 
And that Super Bowl run in 2017 was unlike anything I have experienced in my life from a community level. Like from a like you know Phillies World Series, Flyers in the Stanley Cup, Sixers in the Finals, Eagles in the Super Bowl was completely next level. When yeah. my work is stopping work so everyone can go down to the lobby and sing the Eagles fight song. Why? <laughs> Why? Because we're insane. Oh, because we're uh, insane. My job, we 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 stopped the entire workday just to we all piled into the conference room. And we didn't just watch some of the parade. We we it was hours. We watched we watched like three hours of, of parade coverage. Just nothing got done that day because nobody really could think about anything else. And then to see like that conference room on that big screen, Jason Kelsey, it, it, what might be the greatest victory speech in the history of victory speeches after a Super Bowl. Uh, can you name another one? Well, the other one I would name would be Chelsea, uh, uh, Chase Utley's World Fucking Champions. Um, but yeah, I absolutely. I mean, there is no other fan base. Like, do you think when two San Francisco 49ers fans see each other in Disney World or whatever, they're going to go make a specific trip to uh, uh, acknowledge one another and say, go Niners? I mean, the way the, way the go birds... Um, it's just ubiquitous. It's like, I, I feel compelled to say it whenever I see someone uh, out in the wild that is, you know, sporting the Eagles green or, uh, or, um, you know, they got, a, got the, they got the Eagle on the chest or they got a Jersey on. It's always go birds. So uh, with that, I think we're going to wrap it up here. I hope everyone has, uh, an awesome Thanksgiving. I hope you have a great time with your family and friends and uh, stay safe. Get vaccinated. Wear a mask. All that good stuff. Don't drink a drive because Wednesday is going to be a big night for that. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday uh, talking about uh, Eagles. Who do the Eagles have this week? Eagles Giants uh, recap. I promise we're going to squeeze in some more Sixers talk and some more Flyers updates. I think Philly's kind of on the back burner, but maybe Byron Buxton. I don't know. Maybe they'll make a trade uh, and they'll sneak into the conversation. So if you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search, just search Podadelphia. If you have any more time in your podcast listening day, be sure to check out the Whip Around for all the week's weird news. Uh, also, check out the Painted Lines on YouTube for your wall-to-wall Philly sports coverage. Also check out the Philly Sports Alliance on Facebook for yet even more Philly sports coverage. Um, until next Tuesday, have a great day at work, everybody. Have a great Thanksgiving. We are out of here.